The following Mark's Daily Apple article was written by Mark Sisson and is narrated by Tina Lehman. Sixteen ways to increase neuroplasticity and why that's important. For hundreds of years, the localizationism theory of the brain reigned. The idea that the adult brain is composed of distinct regions, each responsible for a separate function. Most people still hew to this, assuming that vision goes here, memories there, with separate sections for short and long-term memories, smell here, verbal fluency over here, and quantitative processing over there. We assume the number of neurons is fixed and their wiring soldered, but the emerging science of neuroplasticity shows how wrong this is. Rather than fixed and immutable, the neural connections between different regions of the brain can reorganize themselves. This is why someone with brain damage to one part of the brain can often recover. Neuroplasticity allows a healthy section to assume the role of the damaged section. It's also how we learn, form memories, and develop new skills. Neuroplasticity can refer to the strengthening or lessening of existing neuronal pathways, synaptic plasticity, or the establishment of entirely new neurons and connections, structural plasticity. Cool, so neuroplasticity exists. What's it good for, and why should we care about preserving or enhancing it? Most neurodegenerative diseases are accompanied by a loss of neuroplasticity, including Alzheimer's disease, Huntington's disease, and Parkinson's disease. Schizophrenia may actually be a disorder of neuroplasticity. Loss of neuroplasticity even characterizes mild cognitive impairment. It may very well be the case that the aging brain is a less plastic brain. If we can enhance neuroplasticity or hold back its degradation, perhaps we can mitigate the scariest effect of aging, the loss of cognitive function. Neuroplasticity isn't wholly good, of course. Depression is often associated with negative neuroplasticity, plasticity that establishes unpleasant thought patterns, not beneficial ones. Ultimately, neuroplasticity allows us to adapt, to respond, to evolve in real time to a changing environment. Want to get rid of bad habits and establish good ones? Want to acquire a new skill? Want to remain cognitively fluid and mentally limber as you age? You'd better support healthy brain plasticity. One way is to provide the basic substrates required for maintenance of neuroplasticity. Lacking them will definitely impair our ability to grow new neurons, establish new connections, and strengthen existing ones. Another major mediator of plasticity is brain-derived neurotrophic factor, or BDNF, which regulates axonal growth and remodeling, as well as synapse formation and function. Axons are the relatively long, slender structures linking two neurons together. Synapses are the junctions where axons connect to neurons. BDNF is remarkably activity-dependent, meaning we can affect its expression by performing certain behaviors. So, what does all this look like? Number one, get enough magnesium. You know how any article about magnesium begins with something about how it's involved in over 400 physiological functions? Neuroplasticity is one of them. Giving rats magnesium threonate increased synaptic plasticity and the number of synaptic connections. 
and it also improved cognitive performance on tests of spatial and associative memory. Magnesium also increases plasticity in the visual cortex of mice. Human studies are scant, but we do know that Alzheimer's patients have lower brain levels of magnesium, which jibes with the animal research. 2. Get enough choline, and maybe supplement with specific forms. We use choline to produce acetylcholine, a neurotransmitter required for neuronal plasticity. Two forms of choline in particular, CDP-choline and alpha-GPC, have been shown to increase brain plasticity following stroke. Don't sell pastured egg yolks short, though. While they may not contain as much concentrated choline as the supplements, they are the richest natural source and contain many other brain-friendly nutrients, such as selenium, cholesterol, and DHA. Number three, sleep. Sleep might be the most essential nutrient for neuroplasticity. The sleep-deprived brain is hyper-connected. It's muddled with connections, dense with nervous information. Sleep restores that. Sleep provides a soft wipe of the brain, giving you the opening necessary to lay down new connections, form new memories, and learn new skills. Number four, eat fish. Animal studies revealed that omega-3 fats enhance neurogenesis in the hippocampus, synaptic plasticity, and long-term potentiation of learned behaviors. As for humans, Seafood intake is consistently linked to lower rates of two of the conditions that brain plasticity protects against, depression or suicidal ideation, and mild cognitive impairment. 5. Eat turmeric or use curcumin. In rats with depression, curcumin improves neuronal plasticity while reducing the depressive symptoms. In humans with major depressive disorder, curcumin reduces depressive symptoms. While the human evidence remains circumstantial, I'm confident that turmeric slash curcumin can aid neuroplasticity. 6. Move frequently at a slow pace. Compared to strength training, aerobic training is a far more potent booster of BDNF. A rat study even showed how running can inhibit the depression of neuroplasticity that usually occurs after a stroke. That's not to suggest resistance training is useless for cognitive function. In fact, a recent paper found that strength gains, but not aerobic gains, in response to training were associated with cognitive improvements in mild cognitive impairment. 7. Sprint. Sprinting is an even better way to boost BDNF. Sprinters have high basal levels of BDNF, with elite international sprinters having higher levels than amateurs. 8. Go hard. Intensity seems to be the key mediator of exercise-induced BDNF increases. I'd imagine anything of sufficient intensity will do the trick. A CrossFit wad, a 20-rep set of squats, playing ultimate frisbee, a few barbell complexes, or several sets of burpees. Number 9. Go fast. I don't mean go quickly. I mean go without food for 12 to 24 hours a.k.a. intermittent fast. Fasting is a surefire way to increase BDNF levels. Bonus, fasting also increases neuronal autophagy. 10. Mitigate stress. Stress dampens neuroplasticity in the hippocampus and prefrontal cortex, while increasing it in the amygdala, our lizard brain associated with fear, anger, anxiety, and other autonomic emotional responses. Stress will happen, 
What matters is our response to it and whether we mitigate its damage. Most of this is laying the foundation for healthy brain function with the necessary nutrients, training inputs, sleep, and lifestyle factors, so you can take advantage of the brain's natural plasticity. But you still need to take action, try new things, and exercise that plasticity. What are some ideas? Number 11. Grease the groove. Choose an exercise like the pull-up. Pretty much whenever you get the chance to do the movement, do it. You might do five or six pull-ups every time you see the pull-up bar, 10 times a day perhaps, or more. So by the end of the day, you've done 50 to 60 pull-ups without having to grind any of the reps out. Each rep is crisp and clean, and you never go to failure. You're building new neuronal pathways for that movement when you perform it frequently without excess strain and stress. 12. Seek novelty. Following the same routine every day reduces the metabolic costs of experiencing and perceiving it. This is good for base survival, but it also means our brains aren't working very hard. If you seek novelty, take a different path to work, try something new and maybe scary, visit a different part of town, try a new restaurant, you'll be less efficient, but your brain will establish new pathways. Humans are already novelty seekers, and for good reason. It's how we learn, experience, and ultimately live the most fully in the moment. 13. Learn an instrument. Music training has profound effects on neuroplasticity. 14. Do a deep dive into a subject that interests you. Read a book, take an online course, attend a class, go to a seminar, learn to code. Make sure it takes actual effort, but don't let difficulty be the sole criterion. Engagement is just as important. Number 15. Learn a language. There's no better way to test and train your neuroplasticity than learning an entirely new form of communication. And number 16. Try psilocybin, when legal. Research shows that psilocybin's enhancement of neuroplasticity explains why it reduces depression and extinguishes conditioned fear. It also reduces reactivity, negative plasticity, in the amygdala, and improves well-being, positive plasticity. It's still illegal, but probably not for long. If you get the chance to try psilocybin or magic mushrooms, do so with an experienced guide or clinician. Since neuroplasticity allows us to engage with, learn from, and experience the world around us, there are hundreds, maybe thousands of ways for us to achieve it. See what you can find today. And thanks a lot for listening.